ಓಮ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಜ್ಞಾನಂಜನ ಶಲಾಕ colorful complex not exactly complex variegated one of the reasons that bhakti anyone from any background can take up bhakti is because bhakti is by nature simple bhakti when we say bhakti we mean unmotivated service to krishna the supreme personality of godhead savai pung sang paro dharma yato bhakti adhokshaje ahaituki apratihata yayatma suprasidha This word bhakti has been misused. So people think that bhakti, desha bhakti. There is no such thing in Shastra, desha bhakti. Then uh, in Chennai it will be super king's bhakti, probably. <laughs> And then everyone has uh, patni bhakti. now it's uh, dog bhakti everyone has a dog everyone has become a chandala according to in vedic culture only chandalas keep dogs in their homes but now everyone wants to be a chandala so they have dog bhakti but the actual meaning of bhakti is ಸವಾಯ ಪುಂಗ್ ಸಾಂಗ್ ಪರೋ ಧರ್ಮೋ ಯಥೋ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಅದ ಹೋಕ್ಷಚೆ ಅಹೈತುಕಿ ಅಪ್ರತಿಹತ ಯಾತ್ಮ ಸುಪ್ರತಿ ಇಟ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ದಿ ಸೋಲ್ಸ್ ನ್ಯಾಚುರಲ್ ಅಟ್ರಾಕ್ಷನ್ ಟು ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸರ್ವಿಸ್ ಟು ಅನ್ಮೋಟಿವೇಟೆಡ್ ಸರ್ವಿಸ್ ಟು ದ ಸುಪ್ರೀಂ ಪರ್ಸನಾಲಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಹೆಡ್ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ನೋನ್ ಆಸ್ adhokshaja which means he cannot be understood by any material means that is krishna krishna has many names in this verse he is referred to as adhokshaja which means that he is beyond the material senses bhakti is performed by the senses bhakti means what shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam pada sevanam archanam vandanam dasyam sakyam atmanivedanam so these are all activities of bhakti which are performed with the senses shravanam is done with the ear by hearing kirtanam is done with the tongue chanting smaranam is done by the mind the mind is the center of all the senses so uh, vishnu swaram pada sevanam lakshmi is massaging the lotus feet of the lord 
with her hands. For us, Padasevna means such activities as going on Tirta Yatra. So this is going to toward the feet of the Lord. Archanam, that is performed with various parts of the body. Now, previously, Archanam, that would include carrying water from the river, from the holy river, just as Sri Ramanuja used to do daily in Sri Rangam. He would carry water from the Kaveri to the temple for Ranganatha Swami. So that is an activity. Bhakti does not mean simply a feeling, but it's practical activity in the service of Krishna. So archanam means, actually archanam, all all the senses. When we say the senses, that means jnanendriya, by touching, tasting, feeling, smelling, tasting, touching, feeling, tasting, smelling, hearing, these are the five senses, by the by the skin, by the ear, by the tongue, by the eyes, by the nose, the gyanendra, then karmendriya, the activity, the organs of action, that means uh, the legs move, the hands lift, the uh, urinal rectum, they all have their functions to perform. So by all the senses, uh, archanam, vandanam is done with, of course by speaking, vandanam is somewhat different to kirtan, which is glorification. Vandanam is prayer. That also includes offering obeisance, dandavat, (coughs) dasyam, identifying oneself, Dasyam, Sakyam, and Atma, Nivedanam, they are uh, activities of the whole being, in which one identifies oneself as a servant, as a friend, and offers everything to Krishna. So, Bhakti is performed with the senses, but Krishna is beyond the senses. His name, Adhokshaja, means he's beyond the senses. So, purified, that means by purified senses. Krishna can be perceived not by the material senses, but by purified senses. Sarvo padi vinir muktam tat paratvena nirmalam hrishikena hrishikesha sevanam bhakti rujyate. Another definition of bhakti, there are various definitions, is that various complementary definitions. So, uh, being freed from all mundane designations, with uh, purified senses, with, with concentrating on the Supreme. One engages the senses in the master of the senses. This is another definition of bhakti. So there's no question of desha bhakti, or super king's bhakti, or dog bhakti. This is not bhakti. Bhakti cannot be for anything of the material world. If we identify that I am Indian, that is nonsense. None of you are Indian. It's it's Maya to think I am Indian. 
because you were born in India a few years ago. You'll die maybe in India. Have your body burned or buried or if you're a Parsi, put on a tall tower for the vultures to come and eat it. And then your body will get born somewhere else. Maybe in India. If you think I'm an Indian, maybe you'll get born in India again. Maybe as one of those those chickens that Indian people are they love to eat, especially on Sundays. Sunday is meat day for so so many Indians. So uh, you may, you're likely to get born as a goat or a chicken, and uh, then you'll become someone else's Sunday meal. Your next body. So uh, to think I am Indian or I I roar for the super kings is all Maya. This is not bhakti. That's the perverted reflection of bhakti. Real bhakti means tatparatvena nirmalam with purified senses being absorbed in the Supreme, without any anitya upadi, without any temporary designations. So these are all temporary designations. I am Indian. To be an Indian is not a feature of the Atma. To be Tamil is not a feature of the Atma. To be the husband of a certain woman is not a feature of the Atma. But the feature of the Atma is to be the eternal servant of Krishna. So bhakti can only be for Krishna. So all these ideas, desha bhakti, all invented ideas. Bhakti means for Krishna. So that is the natural feature of the Atma, to love Krishna. And all these other Ideas, I love my country, I love my wife, I love my dog, I love my cricket team. These are all perverted reflections of the actual reality, which is our love for Krishna, which is very simple and straightforward. If we love anything in this material world, it simply creates complications. Complications are Janma Mrityu Jaravyadhi, birth, death, old age and disease. By by loving the Chennai super kings, we might get born as a worm in the pitch. Then we'll have a worm's eye view of the cricket. Although we won't give a damn and that we the worm doesn't care. The worm just wants to Eat the soil. So uh, this, these material designations, this, this takes our attraction away from Krishna. To be attracted to anything in this material world means to deny our real natural attraction to Krishna. It becomes very complex. Everything in this material world is very complicated. And especially in modern society, they're making it more and more complicated. Previously, people used, most people would live in a village. They'd have a little land. They'd grow a little rice. They'd do a little work. 
and then they'd eat their rice and sambar or whatever it is. Nowadays they they live in some pigeonhole on the ninth floor with some all noise and sewage all around, stinking. Then they have to go 40 kilometers to work. Work all day doing some job they don't like. Most people, they spend their whole life doing some something they don't like to do. For someone they don't like, working for someone they don't like or they don't know. And then they come back and they eat rice and sambar. Or maybe they don't, maybe the wife's also busy working, so they just get something, what is this, that dial a pizza, something like that. So it's the same thing. At the end of the day, to use that extremely boring English cliche, at the end of the day, they have to eat. But what trouble they go through to eat. Because previously, now they call this progress. They've fooled you, you're all fools. <laughs> you were told that this is advanced progressive life. You're just fooled into working. There you go, advanced progressive life. Now life is so much better. I have a cell phone, how wonderful. Life is so much better. Oh, it's so so wonderful to have a phone. Is it really so wonderful? You have to you have to work to pay the bill so that you get spammed with SMSs all the time from some company trying to sell something to you. So uh, life is unnecessarily complex. Krishna bhakti is very simple, natural, blissful, because that is the nature of the soul. It is the nature of the soul, the Atma, to be Satchit Anandamai, eternal, full of bliss, full of knowledge. But in this material world, if you get a BSc, MSc, PhD, you think I've got knowledge, but that's just a certificate to one's advanced ignorance. One has accumulated lots and lots of information which is absolutely useless to the real purpose of life, which is to understand Krishna. You think I know a lot, but you know, you know a lot about the wrong thing. And actually it's almost literally the wrong thing in every case, because whatever you study, <coughs> whenever you have to do a job, whatever you studied, in most cases it doesn't help, because the curriculum... If it has any relevance to the job you're supposed to do, it's already at least five years out of date. As to the purpose of life, well, it just covers that. The real, the purpose of life is to understand who am I? Who is God? What is our relationship? How can I get out of this cycle of birth and death? This is the actual purpose of life. But people become misled by thinking now I have a good job I'm working 14 hours a day 6 days a week I'm earning 50,000 rupees a month I have a good job I am suffering from stress diabetes and piles and everything else but I have a, no problem, I can pay all the bills, I have enough money to pay for my hospital bills. 
If I get a heart attack, well, I have to spend two lakhs to get flown to the Apollo hospital. Do they have that here? Helicopter service. In Delhi they have that. They have a helicopter service. You can go spending two lakhs. You can go immediately miss the traffic jams. They go by helicopter to the hospital. Only cost two lakhs. So you get a heart attack, you have to treat it quickly. And then uh, then you have to sign in or someone signs for you. That's another three or four lakhs to get signed in. And then by the end, you're, uh, you have a bill of about 12 or 15 lakhs. And then you can go back to your job and pay off the bill. Because <laughs> you have a good job, right? Everyone's invited to throw their cell phone out of the window. Or at least... No, I shouldn't say that because then you'll want to have a last love affair with your cell phone. Please turn this stupid thing off. Try and listen to what's being spoken here. So uh, we are fooled into thinking I have a good job, which just means that uh, you spend, like I say, you spend your whole life working for someone, usually someone you don't know, doing something you don't really want to do, just to get some money. But the more money you get, the more you have to spend, right? If you have more money, then you're, you're, you're supposed to spend more. You have to spend, you have to, it's not, you have to get a prestigious car, you have to get a bigger house, and then later, then your daughter gets married, you have to go into debt for that. So whatever you earn, you just spend it all. And at the end of life, if we don't remember Krishna, and we get born again, and you have to go back and go back and study again, if you're lucky enough to get a human form of life, then again you have to go and study I mean, that's a good enough reason to want mukti, isn't it? Not to have to go back to school again. What to speak of having gone to the office whole life. Miserable. Completely miserable. Material life is unnecessarily complex. And miserable. Bhakti means the natural attraction of the soul to Krishna. Everyone, please turn your cell phone off. Thank you. So that is naturally blissful. That is the happiness that we're looking for. People are looking for happiness in different ways. They think I'll be happy by... The people in the village think I'll be happy by going to Chennai. People in Chennai think I'll be happy by going to Kuwait. I was just in Kuwait yesterday. And then... uh, if I could do a little better, they usually I'll go to America, but I don't know where they want to go to now because America's finished. Maybe they want to go to China now, I don't know. But wherever you are, you think I should go somewhere else. I have to go somewhere else. Then the people who live in the most prestigious part of the world, what's the most prestigious part of the world? I guess America still. Then in America, California. In California, Southern California. Southern California, well, maybe Beverly Hills. But everyone in Beverly Hills, they live in a compound with a big wall and guards and dogs. They're afraid. 
They're in the, they've got lots of money and they're afraid because they're afraid someone's going to come and shoot them and take all the money. So, in bhakti you can live anywhere. Just chant Hare Krishna and be happy. It's so simple. The people miss the purpose. They want to go somewhere else, somewhere. We're always thinking we'll be happy somewhere else. But we don't know where that somewhere else is. That somewhere else is the spiritual world with Krishna. There's nowhere in this material world that we can be happy. Because the very nature of this material world is, as described by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, it is Dukhalayam Ashashvatam. Everything is miserable. Even if you get a house in Beverly Hills, then you'll be miserable. Maybe opulently miserable. Air-conditioned miserable. But miserable nevertheless. So we're looking for happiness. But there is no happiness in this material world. Anyone who thinks that there is happiness in this material world is a fool, which means 99.99999% of the population, including all the swamis who teach us things like personality development, how to be happy in this world, some art of living in this world happily. There is no art of living in this world happily because it's miserable. It's like giving uh, the goats in the slaughterhouse uh, how, to be, how to be happy in the slaughterhouse. Actually, what do they do? The goats, they know they're going to be slaughtered. They have sex. And that's the same thing. Humans, they have sex. They watch cricket matches. They listen to some horrible sounds, which people call music. Some, the most loud and grotesque and nasty sounds. That's what's called modern music. And people think this is very nice because everyone's a fool. We don't, we're looking for happiness, but we don't know where it is. And if we just tell people, here, here is happiness with Krishna. Krishna's always happy. Krishna, he's not suffering from stress. He doesn't have to go to a factory. He doesn't have any boss to answer to. Krishna's always happy. He's always blissful and he's inviting us. Manmana bhava madbhakto madhyaji mangnamaskuru mame vaishasi satyante pratijane priyosina. Krishna says, think of me. Why are you thinking about all these other things? Just think of me. Krishna is the natural object of love for everyone. So think of Krishna. Become his devotee. Bow down to him. Worship him. Then Krishna says, you can come to me. We can live forever with Krishna. There's no need to do anything else. Anything else is just a distraction. Everything in this material world is guaranteed miserable. Whatever it is. Guaranteed miserable. Just like people say, I I want to work hard and become a success. There's no success in this material world. It's a bluff. What is this? They call earning 50,000 rupees a month. And at the end, dead. You can have a 20 lakh funeral or whatever. But you're dead. They put your picture on the wall and 
offers some puja. Meanwhile, you're took birth as a dog or a pig or something like that. What is the success? It's just a bluff. Success means to get free from birth and death and go to Krishna. Anything else is a failure. We we parabhavastava da bhodajata yavanya jignyasata atmatatvam. Here's the plain and simple fact stated in Srimad Bhagavatam that everything is a failure. Everything we are defeated as long as we do not inquire into the nature of reality. Who am I? Who is God? What is my relationship with God? Everything is defeat. Everything. Even the great leaders of mankind, the uh, the Churchills, the Hitlers, the Stalins in the middle of the last century, these were the great leaders. Now where are they? Who can say? Krishna knows. Great leaders. Now we have one chief minister in this state. Very famous, very powerful. He'll die soon. I mean, I'm not cursing him, but he's an old man and everyone's going to die soon. Even the three-year-old boy is going to die soon. Everyone dies. So, uh, and then what? Where will he go? Where will any of us go? Another birth. Punarapi jananam, punarapi maranam, punarapi janani This is material life. And spiritual life means to go to Krishna, to live with Krishna. There's no birth, death, old age and disease in the spiritual world. May I ask, well, what will I get in the spiritual world? Are there good hospitals there? No, there are no hospitals. No hospital, no insurance. No need of any hospital. No need of any insurance. No schools. No schools. What a terrible place. You want to go to a place, there's no school, there's no hospital. There's no police. Must be very bad. No one to look after us. No one to protect us. No government. Sounds terrible. No work. Oh, what will I do? If I'm not working all day, there's no TV. No newspaper. No coffee. Tea, there's no coffee. Where's the coffee for this? That's the problem. You don't want to go because you think, no coffee, I don't want to go there. No newspaper. No meat. Gambling and illicit sex, intoxication. Yeah, sounds terrible. In the spiritual world, there is pure bliss. And in the material world, for all the newspapers, life insurance policies, super kings, and it's just miserable. It's some, to put it all together, the sum total, Krishna describes the whole of the material world in two words. You don't have to go to university to study this, that, and everything else. You, you can know everything about the material world in two words. Dukalayama Shashvatam, that's all. Miserable, and everything is, here is temporary. And the spiritual world, Sukhalayam Shashvatam. It is all bliss, and it doesn't come to an end. 
So, go to Krishna. That means by bhakti. By doing bhakti we go to Krishna. Bhakti means to remember Krishna, sing about Krishna, hear about Krishna. There's just one thing that everyone in this material world hates. And they, they don't want to do bhakti. Because Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna is Supreme. And in this material world, we don't want to accept that. We think that, well, alright, I'm working in some company, but I'm my own man. And one day, I will be head of the company, or I will be the chief minister. I I will be Indra. I will be Brahma. But Krishna says, Mamaivangsho Jiva Loke, Jiva Bhuta Sanatana. All living beings are my part and parcel eternally. We can never be supreme. This is the illusion of thinking. Ishvaro Ham, Aham Bhogi. I am God. I am the enjoyer. So if we are told that we can go to a place where it's completely blissful, there's no work, there's no heart attacks, there's no insurance policies, just pure bliss. There's only one condition that we have to accept that I am the eternal servant of Krishna. And Krishna won't mistreat us. He's not, he's not like some kind of politician who goes around killing people to keep in power. He doesn't have to do that. Krishna is all blissful. He's, he's our best friend. How, how, would it, how should it be if someone who's really our dearest well-wisher happens to be all-powerful? Then we should be in a very good position. But we simply have to accept that I am subordinate to him. And that we don't want to do. That is our ahanka. Or sense of separate identity from Krishna. Just this little thing we have to accept. Which is actually a fact anyway. We can't, we are by nature servants of Krishna. We cannot change that. We may think that, well, I don't want to serve Krishna. What's this Krishna? Better Krishna comes and serves me. That's what most people do in the name of religion. They'll go to Balaji and say, Balaji, okay, now you have to do this for me, that for me, give me this much money, you serve me. That in, in effect, that's what we're saying. You do this for me. But bhakti means to accept that I am supposed to serve him. And because we don't want to do that, then we have to remain in this material world. But still we are servants of Krishna. We cannot escape that. Either we serve Krishna directly in the spiritual world in full bliss or we serve Krishna indirectly in the material world. This is all Krishna's energy. This whole material world is produced by him. This is Devi Dham. This material world is the jurisdiction of Devi. Amma means not some politician or some embracing so-called fisherwoman. 
God, woman, or whatever. Amma means the Durga. Durga. This is the place of Durga. Durga means difficult to go. Difficult to get out of here. Actually, it's not difficult. But we find it difficult. Why is this material world difficult to get out of? Because Daivi Yesha Gunamai Mamamaya Duratya. It's very difficult to go away from Maya. This is the meaning of Durga. Very difficult to go out. But, Krishna says, there's one secret. Escape hatch. If you know how to escape, it's very easy. What is that? Surrender to Krishna and very quickly say, Goodbye to Maya. <laughs> but we don't want to. We'll say, No, I don't want to give up my daily newspaper and my coffee and my TV and my dog and my job and my prestige and my... I don't want to give up. <laughs> and then we get born again. And we get a different set. A different set of material attachments. We get born as a dog and then... Okay, let's try again. Maya offers. Okay, you weren't very happy last life. Okay, try again. Now you're a dog. So now you can jump around in the street and hope someone throws some rice out. You can look in the garbage to see if there's any rice left on the banana skin. You can be happy. See a dog, you don't have to go... You don't like work? Okay, never mind. Just become a dog. No more work. Buy your office. Why go to Krishna? You can be a dog. No work. Bark all night and sleep all day. and It's a wonderful life. <laughs> and it goes on. And on. And on. Birth after birth after birth. So, uh, everyone wants to be happy. The only way is to be with Krishna. As long as we don't recognize Krishna, then we have to try to be happy in this material world. Which is not possible. So keep it plain and simple. Bhakti means to act in a manner that Krishna will be pleased. We simply have to accept. Krishna is supreme. I am meant for serving Him. Let me do what is pleasing to Krishna. Let me not do what is not pleasing to Krishna. Very simple. That's all. What is Krishna like? Patrang pushpang palang toyam. He asks us to offer him some leaf, flower, fruit, water. Very simple. Sing his names. Read about him. Hear about him. Make our life centered on Krishna. Very simple, very straightforward, very happy life. Sometimes people ask me, how long have you been in this ISKCON Hare Krishna movement? So if I tell them now it's past 35 years, then they ask, well, are you happy? I tell them, well, I didn't like it, why should I do it? I could also be a success. I guess it's a bit late to start a career now, but uh, you never know. I could be a late starter. I could also uh, go out, start a business. I'm a bit young, a bit old to enjoy the pleasures of young men, but 
in the West, some old men, I don't know if it's still done, but it used to be they would, uh, in old age, they would get the genitals of a monkey strapped on, just like people have heart transplants, so they'd have genital transplants, so they could go on enjoying the world. But I'm not doing that. Why? Why did I stay? Because it's... Everyone is looking for pleasure. So we find pleasure in serving Krishna. So our request is plain, simple. Just understand. We are meant for serving Krishna. Our own best interest is to serve Krishna. No one in the world will agree with this. Everyone will offer some different idea. Or they may say, yes, yes, it's very good you serve Krishna, but not too much, just a little bit. Just enough to get his blessing so you can enjoy this world. Or if you want to serve Krishna, yes, you can do so, but not now, later. And it's always later. Or yes, yes, you can do bhakti, but we'll just adjust it a little. So what they call bhakti turns out to be something not very different from material life. Or they say, yes, yes, you serve Krishna, but Krishna is everywhere, Krishna is everything, so you're also Krishna. They, Some people say this, it's not true, you're not Krishna. But they say, you're also Krishna. So, or Krishna wants his devotees to be happy, so enjoy your senses, and then Krishna will be happy. So very... Uh, very intelligent ways of avoiding Krishna. Hinduism means they know everything. I'm a Hindu and I know everything. They know everything and they're very expert in adjusting it so that it sounds like it's very good and very pure and very devoted, but actually it's just total materialism. Just like people I was saying this morning. People say, I'm a karma yogi. They're not a karma yogi. They're just working to earn money for their family and to enjoy their life. But I'm a karma yogi. Just a karmi, that's all. But I'm a karma yogi. Because why? Because he says he is. But that's not karma yogi. So very expert at avoiding Krishna. Don't avoid Krishna. Just accept the fact that we are all constitutionally controlled by Krishna. We cannot escape Krishna. So if we simply accept that I am the servant of Krishna and act for his pleasure, Krishna will be pleased with us. We will be happy. Maybe everyone else in the world won't be happy. But our relationship is with Krishna. We have no intrinsic relationship with anyone in this world except via Krishna. So if we say that this is my mother, my father, my wife, whatever, that is a, an illusory relationship. If we don't, rec if, unless all concerned in the relationship do not recognize that we are all related to, our relationship is because we are related to Krishna. If we think that our relationship has any other basis than Krishna in the center, then that's not our actual relationship. Who We don't have, no one in this world actually has a wife. They accuse Krishna 
of being immoral for having so many wives and girlfriends. But all the women and the men and everyone belongs to Krishna. If anyone thinks I have even one wife, that's Maya. Because everyone and everything belongs to Krishna. Nothing belongs to me or you. So Krishna is not immoral by having many wives. We are immoral by thinking I have even one wife. So if we say this, people won't be happy. They think that, well, they have a different way of thinking. And that different way of thinking will cause birth, death, old age and disease. Again and again and again and again, until we simply accept the fact that I am meant to serve Krishna. We have to act for Krishna's pleasure. That's all. Simple. Hare Krishna. So I hope that was plain, simple, straightforward and clear. And if anyone didn't understand, you can ask any question concerning this. And I'll try to reply to that. Yes, please. What is your question? Do we have another microphone? <coughs> yeah. All right. Please ask and I'll repeat it. We say what? We, we, yeah, I was talking about rebirth. Yeah. Is the... Do the animals and the bacteria... Do they have rebirth? Well, as I understand it, your question is saying, is something like this, based on the understanding that I have, a, I have an Atma. Is it? No. I am Atma. I am Atma. I am not a body with an Atma. I am Atma, which is presently in this body. The Atma is real. The body is not real. The body is temporary. So the Atma enters into various bodies, including those of cats, dogs, humans, bacteria. And when the body is finished, the Atma enters another body. So yes, the Atma which is presently in the bacteria, will, when the bacteria dies, the Atma will go to another body. That's a fact. It's not that we are only in the human body. It's not that we are guaranteed a human birth. One who acts sinfully in human life, they get a lower birth. In, as an animal as a tree, like this. Yeah. Animals never commit sins. So it's not, so the contention is it's not a lower birth. Well, it is a lower birth, and I'll explain why. Because only in the human form of life do we have sufficient intelligence to understand the difference between what is proper and what is not proper. So animals don't commit sins because they don't have the power of discrimination to consider what is right and what is wrong. They do not commit sins. They do not create new 
karmic reactions. They're just, in the animal form of life, we're just paying off karmic reactions that are accrued in the human form of life. Therefore, this human form of life is most important because we have sufficient intelligence to think, what should I do? What should I not do? So the animal life is not a higher birth. It's a lower birth. It's just to be lived through so that we can come back to human life and then consider what is proper and what is not proper. Once we are not committing sins, we are reaching God. That's not necessarily true. That may be your idea, but that's not God's idea. And you're not God. So if you think you have a better idea, that's just typical of everyone in this material world who thinks that they have a better idea than God. Everyone has lots of ideas better than God and they all end up getting born and dying again and again. So it's better to understand His plan rather than thinking that I understand it better than Him. Not committing sins for an animal that's he's living because in the animal form because of his sins. The, the, to be in, materi- in the material world itself is sinful. It means because of rejection of Krishna. The whole atmosphere is one of rejection of Krishna. In a prison, you might say, well, this is a very well-behaved prisoner. He's a prisoner because he did something wrong. So if you say he's well-behaved, he may be well-behaved now, but he did something very bad so that he's in prison. So you can't say he's a good man because he's a prisoner. He's constitutionally a sinner. That's why he's in prison. Yes. You say this, that uh, we, uh, we are involving ourselves in this, uh, ourselves in this mundane world, then we are leading ourselves to the more complications. But it appears to us that uh, Lord Krishna uh, laid his life in so many complications. It appears because he had many yeah. responsibilities that he involved in the great power of Mahamata. He led uh, the responsibility of What what's the question? Could you come to it? Come to the point, please. If we love Lord Krishna, then we are getting from our responsibilities to love our wife, to love our. So there are two two. One is uh, an observation that Krishna himself had a complicated life. No, no, I am not blaming that. Uh, that how? Uh, well, wait a minute. You've made a proposition, so you're more or less you're saying that Krishna is just as complex as us. No, no. How can how can we hold ourselves? To carry those responsibilities like Krishna and also at the same time... Yeah, you're saying... All right, thank you. You said that uh, Krishna also had a very complex life. This is a misunderstanding of Krishna. Our activities and Krishna's activities are categorically different because he is categorically different. He is the supreme controller. He is not 
dictated to by the complexities of this world. He is the controller of this world. Therefore, Krishna's activities are called his lila. What we do, that is our karma. What he does is his lila. And he is always aloof from this world, although within it. He never suffers in any way. Although he has a big family, politics, all these things, whatever, this is all arranged by his lila shakti, for his pleasure. And he's never uh, overcome by depression or stress or any such thing. It's all for his uh, ever-increasing enjoyment. So, first of all, we should understand what is Krishna's position. If we think that Krishna is an ordinary person, then we made a big mistake. Krishna comes to this world to lift us out of it. He's not take, he doesn't take birth as we do, 